Warning, the following episode contains elements of horror that may be unsuitable for listeners under the age of 13. Listener discretion is advised. Hello. We've been expecting you. I'm Brianna, and welcome to Beyond the Bazaar's 13 Nights of Frights. From October 19th through October 31st, Halloween night, we will be sharing with you some of our favorite hand-picked urban legends, lore, stories, and more that we love to talk about during this special time of year. So take a seat. Make yourself comfortable for these 13 nights of terror. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Bazaar, 13 Nights of Frights. My name is Brianna, and I hope you guys enjoyed our episode that we shared with you guys yesterday, our favorite creepypasta, The Crawl Space. Like I said yesterday, it's really creepy and I do believe that it's based on a true story. So being able to share that with you guys was really fun. And once again, I hope you guys did enjoy it. Tonight, we're going to share with you guys another ritual. Since it is the final days leading up to our Beyond the Bizarre 13 Nights of Frights, finale as well as the final days leading up to Halloween. So we saw it fit to share a Halloween ritual with you guys known as the Halloween summoning ritual. This ritual originated on Reddit back in 2012. So it didn't really have the Halloween summoning ritual as the title. It was simply titled something I was taught growing up. And the goal of this ritual is to contact a loved one who has passed on. But you have to keep in mind that you may also end up with some uninvited guests as well. No one wants that. So the Redditor that wrote the original ritual said they had learned the ritual from their mother when they were very young. And there were even comments from other readers that stated that they were told or taught something similar when they were young. So it may have some type of bearings and folklore or urban legend, um, this ritual. And actually, the practice of trying to contact loved ones who have passed actually dates back long before any of us were here. (laughs) Um, Back to the um, ancient Celtic festival of Samhain, which is the precursor of Halloween. So it does make sense as to why this would be called the Halloween summoning ritual, since it has roots in that ancient festival. Now, of course, naturally, we here at Beyond the Bazaar love rituals. So of course, we're going to teach you guys how to play. But as I stated before, keep in mind that the goal is to reach out to loved ones in this ritual. But As always, there's danger lurking around the corner that you may reach out to someone or something else. So, as always, play at your own risk. But here is how to play the Halloween 
summoning game. So to play the game, you need at least one player, of course. Here is what you will need. One candle, matches or a lighter, quiet room with at least one window. The window must be capable of opening and closing. So don't be in a room with a window that's been sealed shut. The ritual will not work. You will need a loved one who has passed on whom you wish to contact. You will, of course, need a means of communicating with the person you wish to contact. You can use a pen or pencil and a piece of paper. You can use a mirror that's been fogged, a voice recorder, a Ouija board, whichever method of contact that you are more comfortable using. A bowl or basin enough for you to be able to fill with water and the ability to be able to warm the water. It's time you're ready to play. Part one, the invitation. Wait until October 31st. Wherever you are deciding to play the game, be sure that you clear the building of all other people. Or if there are people still in the building, inform them of your intention to perform the ritual. Give them time to leave if they want to. If there are any people present in the building that has the playing space and they do not wish to leave and do not wish you to perform the ritual while they are there, it's important, do not proceed. After you have succeeded in either clearing the building or receiving the permission from those present to perform the ritual, you may continue. When darkness has fallen, Bring all of the supplies you will need to the quiet room that has the window. Before starting, confirm that the window is closed. Then place the unlit candle near the window, but not so close that a breeze could cause for it to go out when it is lit. Next, think of the loved one you wish to contact. Hold their name in your mind. Think about, recall their face, their mannerisms, appearance, any and every detail about them that you can remember. The color of their hair, their eyes, their skin tone, their height, weight. What clothes did they like to wear? Did they have a signature scent? How did they carry themselves? What expression filled their face the most? Joy, happiness, sadness? What did their voice sound like? What was their reaction whenever they saw you? Bring them to life, or as close as you can, in your own mind. Keep thinking. Let the memory of them manifest clearly in your mind. Light the candle. Open 
the window. Briefly leave the room. Once you left the room, observe the state of any other room in the building, other than the room in which you performed the invitation. If the room remains unchanged, the ritual has failed. Do not proceed any further. Go back to the invitation room. Extinguish the candle and close the window. You may try again another time. However, if you observe anything unusual, the ritual has succeeded. You may proceed. There are a few ways to know that the ritual has succeeded. These are a sudden presence of a scent that's associated with your loved one, perfume, cologne, a favorite soap, sudden drop in temperature, and or you just fill them. You can fill them in the air. You know they're there. If you experience one or all of these, once again, the ritual has succeeded. Return to the invitation room. Part two, the conversation. If you're feeling up to it, you may attempt to communicate with their loved one. Once again, how you do so is up to you. You can use the pen or pencil and paper that you brought with you. Hold the pen and pencil in your non-dominant hand. That means if you're right-handed, use your left hand and vice versa if you're left-handed. Let yourself relax, clear your mind. Speak out loud to your loved one. Ask them questions, or you can just tell them anything you wish for them to know. If your non-dominant hand begins writing on its own, let it, then read what's there. Your loved one is speaking to you. If you decide to use a fogged mirror, you can fog up the mirror by any means that you want. You can breathe on it, hot water, what have you. Speak aloud to your loved one. Then carefully watch the surface of the mirror. If any words appear, read them. If any pictures appear, examine them. If you're using a voice recorder, go ahead and turn on the recorder. Speak aloud to your loved one. Leave at least 15 seconds or 20 seconds of silence between each question or sentence. When you're finished, turn off the device and play back the recording. Listen closely, especially during the 15 or 20 seconds of silence. If you're using a planchette or Ouija board, you may speak aloud to your loved one and watch the planchette for movement. If it moves, track where it goes and read the response. However, there's a reason why this method of communication is suggested last, because it is not recommended. Should you choose to use the method of the planchette or Ouija board, proceed with caution. You may continue communicating with your loved one until you or them are ready to finish. 
part three, the farewell. Although it may be hard, it's time to say your goodbyes. Thank your loved one for speaking with you. Then let them be. They will know to leave when the night is over. When the sun has risen, extinguish the candle and close the window. Now in terms of the ritual, there are some things that you should keep in mind. So with the ritual, it is not required that the ritual be performed on Halloween, October 31st. However, it is said to be more successful on this date. But also, it increases the chance of uninvited guests. It is also stated to further improve the chances of being successful with the ritual to use a window that faces west when performing the invitation. You may also lay out a small gift, a token, or an offering of the favorite food of your loved one. It doesn't guarantee that the ritual will be successful, but it may be of some help. Now, although the communication is a part of the ritual, you do not necessarily have to communicate with them once they've been summoned. You may just decide to sit there and just quietly enjoy their presence. Now back to the use of the um, planchette in conjunction with the talking board, or also known as a Ouija board. The reason why it's not recommended is because it increases the risk of bringing in an uninvited guest since you're also playing on Halloween, which is the one night where the veil between the living and the dead is the thinnest. So do with that what you will just I mean, if you have pen and paper just use pen and paper just to be safe <laughs> now concerning uninvited guests if the invitation part of the ritual is successful but if there is any point that you sense that whoever is there is not who you summoned or intended to contact important do not proceed so the ways that you can know if it's an uninvited guest is sense that's not associated with them, different communication styles, physical sensations, dialect, like if you're writing to them and it doesn't sound like something that they would say or if their way of communication is weird or if you just even feel unsettled, then it's most likely not who you intended to contact. So... I know you're probably wondering, if this were to happen, what should you do? So the first thing you do is cease speaking with the whatever it is immediately and do the following. Extinguish the candle, but do not close the window. This is where the bowl or basin with the warm water comes in handy. You fill the bowl or the basin with warm water and place it in the invitation room. Leave it there overnight. Go back in the morning once the sun has risen. Take the bowl outside and empty it onto a patch of earth or dirt. Make sure that the water soaks completely into the ground. Go back to the invitation room. Pick up the candle and remove it from the building. If possible, destroy it completely. 
dispose of any of the remains as far away from the building as possible. After you've done all of this, you may return to the invitation room and close the window. But if you should do all of this and it doesn't work, you'll need more help than what we can give you. It may actually be best to leave that place for a while or forever. It's no longer safe. You have our apologies. Now I do really like this ritual. Um, Because as I stated in episodes past that I love history. So the fact that it has ties to Samhain is really, really cool. Also the element of the candle also links back to the ancient Celtic festival as its tradition to light candles by the doors and windows of your home in order to guide spirits of loved ones there during that time. So that's kind of reminiscent of that where it shows where those traditions kind of fed over into the ritual, which I think is really cool. Once again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't play it myself because no, just, just the likelihood of you inviting something that may not be your loved one in is enough for me not to, not to dabble into that. But it is something that is cool. And if someone who wants to try it at their own risk, they most certainly can. And if you do, let us know how it goes. But I think that one of the coolest things is that it's recommended to play on Halloween. Even though you could play it at any time, just it's said to be more successful around Halloween. And that's what was shared in some forms that we saw here. But as I stated, keep in mind that during that time, it's most likely, even though the ritual may be more successful playing on Halloween, it also makes it easier for something to infiltrate. And that's probably, I'm not going to say probably, that is the last thing you want to happen. But it's just so cool just hearing and listening to all of these different lures and learning about all of this different information historically and folklore <laughs> just different stories that are shared from different cultures different traditions and that's one of the most interesting things that I found by having this podcast is that you can learn so much from just urban legends and lore just from other cultures other beliefs it's really really cool and we love sharing that with you guys so speaking of beliefs there is a belief that black cats are considered bad luck it's a age-old superstition that we will talk about tomorrow on our next episode of our 13 nights of frights so come back tomorrow while we share with you guys a little history of that and share with you guys some personal stories so that does conclude tonight's episode of beyond the bazaar another episode of 13 nights of frights will be on the way tomorrow until then as always stay bizarre